to Mawale. For the win! Good! Olympia wins the national championship for Notre Dame! Pino gets the crossing. He's towards Wale! World Championship medal. She is the greatest of all time. You just can't say it enough. Wow. Women singles champion, Serena Williams. Through large, Williams into Bird in the corner. You bet. She's done it again. Sue Bird. Welcome in, everyone, to this week's edition of All In. I am Julia Moss, joined in here by Miles Grossman. It's been a crazy week in the WNBA. Of course, we got to talk to Ryan Rucco about the Brianna Stewart signing. We were speculating on if Courtney Vandersloot was going to sign. She ended up signing or announcing her intention to sign, rather. Mm -hmm. But this is the first time we're sitting down on All In and getting to have a discussion. But before we get into it, Miles, how has your week been? It's been great. I mean, yeah, it's it's been an exciting week, right? They they seem to have done it. I mean, last time we were here, it was all, well, they got one of it out of the way. Will they successfully get the other two pieces, complete the super team, raise the expectations? It, it seems that they have. I mean, as we know, none of it's official outside of JJ. They haven't announced anything or, uh, you know, solidified things via the WNBA League office just yet. And I think, you know, salary cap-wise, that makes sense. They'll still right. need to make a couple cuts or a couple decisions um and we'll get into that in just a little bit but yeah it seems that they have their big three to add on to to miss sab and with that big three something that the liberty are going to have to do is cut players because there's not enough money to go around you can't sign brianna stewart and afford john quill jones and courtney van without cutting some roster and they haven't really done that yet they they cut some salary with the john quill jones trade of course mm -hmm. but when you're bringing in when you're keeping sabrina you're keeping benijah laney and then you're also bringing in all these superstar players. You know, there's not enough money to go around. So my yep. first question, and we can definitely get into a discussion about this, is who do you think is going to end up being cut from this team? At this point, it seems that it's going to have to be two out of the three of some role players. I'm looking at, uh, of course, D.D. Richards, which would be heartbreaking for most Liberty fans, Jocelyn Willoughby, and Onyenwere as well, because, you know, those are players who you look at and they wouldn't move the needle all that much in the grand scheme after adding all this talent and it seems that all it would take was two out of three of those to actually clear enough space and going into this offseason I thought you know if they do land this big three it's going to take maybe getting rid of a Dolson or getting rid of a Laney via trade and clearing some space and at this point it seems they might not have to do that which would be spectacular I mean can you imagine that talent I mean you have Dolson coming off the bench to go along with an all-star starting five would just be Unreal, but yeah. To answer your question, I would say Richards, Willoughby, and Onyenwere would be where I'm looking to say. I think two of that, two out of those three, might be gone by the time we we tip off. Exactly, and you make a good point with Stephanie Dolson. I was just completely convinced that you know her big uh, salary was going to have to be the one that gets cut, but the fact that they can not only keep Steph Dolson but have her want to stay on the team, even though her role will probably be a little lessened. That's incredible. I mean, incredible management by the Liberty all in all. 
Um, as far as who is probably going to get cut, I would like to see D.G. Richards be the one that stays. Mm-hmm. I followed her in college, so I have a little bit of a bias there. She's very young. I mean, she hasn't done a whole lot for the Liberty yet. She hasn't gotten the most playing time. Mm-hmm. But as far as the uh, potential going forward, and that's all they need at this point, to be honest, is potential. Because when you look at this team, they don't need like they don't need another impact player. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that they can keep D.D. Richards, invest in her a little bit watch her progress and you know the the risk versus reward i think is up an upgrade for the liberty because if it doesn't work out you know it's not like you don't have an all-star starting five and that's a difficult decision because you're really looking at three legitimate role players three players that can help you down the stretch and particularly with as you said dg richard she's such an excellent defender really and in, in all three levels she guard really every position uh, to some extent besides you know a, a strong five but you, you'd be comfortable with dg richards guarding one through four at her age that says a lot and yeah you know it, it would be difficult to let her go but i also wouldn't be all that shocked in this new era but uh you know i think you're not alone in that you want to cue dg around yeah and it's it, i think this whole situation really speaks to how difficult it is to make a roster in the WNBA. It's mm. the most competitive league in in the world, I would say, just because of you know twelve the, teams. Yeah, exactly. And of course, there is sites for that to expand soon. And I think there's a ton of reasons why that would be beneficial. And the biggest one is because, you know, if you don't perform immediately in the WNBA and you don't have a name to you, you know, a lot of times you're not going to make it in the league. And I think. You look in the NBA and you have like you have stories like Jeremy Lin and we'll talk about this, you know, for for pick and pot another WFUV uh, <laughs> podcast later. But Cam Thomas, like you have those players that aren't connected to a huge name at first and maybe take a minute to get to where they want to be. But I feel like in the WNBA, you don't get that room to progress as much just because there's roster spots and it's not the WNBA's fault per se, because there is only 12 teams. There is a limited amount of roster spots. So you don't have that room to really like invest in a player long term so yeah, i hear you yeah and it's it's a tough spot because yeah there aren't that many roster spots and you know when you look at a guy i i, I like the cam thomas comparison although cam thomas is like he's that guy is so freaking young it's amazing yeah. i mean um but it's true dd richards i mean you know i'd say a player of her caliber and her potential her defensive potential would be given more years in, in the nba that's very true yeah so just to kind of overview on where the Liberty stand at this point their potential starting lineup is a point guard Courtney Vandersloot Sabrina Unescu shooting guard forward Laney forward Brianna Stewart and then center Jean-Claude Jones that is an amazing (laughs) starting lineup and this kind of segues into my transition of the Las Vegas Aces also have a starting lineup full of Mm. all-stars they just signed Candace Parker Miles the first domino to drop here really was uh-huh. the Jean-Claude Jones trade. And then we saw Candace Parker and then Brianna Stewart and Courtney Vandersloot. And I feel like the Candace Parker, uh, the Candace Parker signing can kind of get lost in the shuffle here, but mm-hmm. it's a huge signing for the aces. And I just want to know what your reactions were when you first saw it. Absolutely. I think it is, it is, it is a huge signing. And my first thought as a New York Liberty guy was, okay, that solidified it. I think Stewie and Vandersloot are for sure going to make that super team in New York because, it was, I think, um, you know, once Parker made that move, it was kind of like she was recognizing what was happening, that mm-hmm. there's a super team being built. I'm going to go ahead and try and make and try and solidify the other super team in the league uh, in Las Vegas. And, uh, you know, I think she did that. But she's, you know, she's a veteran. And I think, you know, one of those things about the 
Las Vegas Aces that went under the radar throughout their championship run was their veteran presence. Everyone had been there before. Everyone was a, a, a had been a superstar for multiple years, and adding Parker is only gonna gonna really you know take things to the next level. So I think, I mean, as long as things stay true with the New York Liberty, those will be the only two teams that really have a shot at at a championship this year. Which is a little bit sad to say, but also it's um you know it, it it's exciting. It is exciting, and there's a lot of ways to look at it about the. The pros and cons of a super team, I've said it before, I've said the timing, I think, of the super teams right now is really beneficial for the WNBA because will this season be super competitive? Probably not. You're probably going to see a Liberty Aces final and it probably won't be very close. But also, (laughs) the draft next year is likely the best draft we've seen in WNBA history. I mean, you've got Mm. Brianna Stewart, Caitlin Clark, uh, not Brianna Stewart, Paige Beckers, Uh Caitlin Clark, etc., etc. I mean, the list goes on. So... These teams who are going to get lost in the shuffle next year, like the, the Seattle Storm, Connecticut Sun, mm. who really did not benefit from these super teams forming, you know, there's a great consolation prize. And honestly, it's not even a consolation prize when you look at it. I mean, the, the Storm, I think, are going to be one of on, at the bottom of the at the bottom of the league table mm. here. But, you know, they lose Brianna Stewart, they lose Sue Bird. But potentially they can gain Paige Beckers. And yeah. Paige Beckers, as long as she progresses in her uh, in her injury rehabilitation, she is day one franchise-changing player. Absolutely. And the same goes for Caitlin Clark. So mm-hmm. I think if there was a time for super teams, there's never been a better time than now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see that new class of WNBA faces. Because yeah. I think there's a... a, a you know, more so than there ever really has been before, a, a core of, of players in, in women's college basketball that you can say, I just can't wait to see him play yep. the W. You know what I mean? In particular, you know, because we were lucky enough to go on the road and see Diamond Miller, and then she got a lot of press following the buzzer beater in those in those recent weeks and just be able to say, like, wow, I can't wait to see Diamond in the league. And she's not alone in that. You know yep. what I mean? I, Caitlin Clark, it seems week in and week out we hear about a 44-piece or a 35-piece. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I just can't wait because there's a there's a whole class of franchise players potentially going in the in the top ten of, of next year's class and for the teams that obviously aren't the, the Liberty and the Aces that won't have those draft picks, it's it's exciting. And you can say that this era of dominance for Las Vegas and New York could possibly be short lived. I mean, these are in in some cases aging superstars. So uh yeah, I think that it, this isn't going to be one of those things where for five six seasons right. it's las vegas and new york right there will be the the young young and, and, and budding teams throughout this league exactly so that gap is going to close really really quick mm. and i think uh quicker than we've seen like in the nba there haven't really been super teams in the nfl really um but as far as the nba i mean we saw like it's not going to be a Cavs warriors situation where we yeah. see them for that many years first of all because i don't think it's super um obtainable for a lot of years especially for the liberty because brianna stewart i don't know i can see brianna stewart staying a while but you've got like unesco jones who are still a little bit younger laney is still a little bit younger they're either going to want more money or a bigger playing role so mm-hmm. it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out moving back one more time to the the aces before we move on to fordham women's basketball talk um i could have a hot take about this i think yeah i think the aces right now are better than the liberty but i don't think Candace Parker moved that needle for me very much I think you have a team who knows how to win championships already and they didn't lose any of their starting five really they only gained Candace Parker Mm -hmm. so you're gonna see in the lib with the Liberty they're gonna have to learn how to play together there's a lot of new faces 
but for the aces there's not a lot of new faces they already know how to play to, they already know mm. how to play to each other's strengths there's going to be a a time for the liberty where they have to learn you know who, how players want to play so I think the Aces have the better roster right now, and I'd love to hear who you think has a better outlook going into the season. But uh, more specifically with with Candace Parker, I think she's aging. It's not that she's going to be a detriment to her team. She definitely makes his team better. But I I honestly think the Aces had a a, a self-built super team before Candace Parker joined. Well, I think the big issue with the Las Vegas Aces has always been depth. That's been mm-hmm. the issue. They got an amazing starting five. But and then you look at the bench. <laughs> five scrubs who really are not impact players in this league just yet. And I think Candace Parker, you know, not only does she add what, what she can from a playing standpoint, but for all those young players that are still developing, that still have potential, I think Candace Parker is going to be huge for, for their development for that second unit. Because can you imagine the Las Vegas Aces if the second unit steps up just a tad. I mean, it would be such a special team. I think, personally, as so long as, you know, the the offseason moves stay strong and the Liberty land uh, a Vander Sloot and Stewie officially, I'd say that the Liberty are the more talented roster at this point just because they almost have a, they almost have a big four. They almost have a big five where it's like genuinely all of them are in that upper echelon tier. Um, and you can almost say the same about the Aces, but not to the same extent. Uh, I, while while Candace Parker, you know, is going to add a lot to that team, I'm going to give the edge to, to 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 the East Coasters and the New York Liberty. They're just, uh, it, I mean, look at that talent. It's yeah. it's something that really hasn't been done before. I don't think it hasn't. Definitely not through an off season acquisition. Like the Aces kind of have built their way into this super team, which, you know, that's incredible in its own right. But this is this is the first time we've seen a super team really be built in an off season for the New York Liberty and for the WNBA. So mm. as far as betting odds go, this is my last little tidbit of information here. As of November of twenty twenty two, the betting odds for winning the WNBA championship, the Liberty were plus a thousand mm. and the Aces were plus two hundred. Okay. Now you look into the championship odds after Stewie and Sloot signed. Aces plus 135, Liberty plus 150. Wow. So it is very close. It'll be really, really fun and interesting. It's a great time for the WNBA. I mean, I think they're going to benefit from this ticket sales. I know I'm excited to go to Barclays. So yeah. very excited. It will for be the, fun. Yeah. Very excited for the start of that season. We are going to transition, however, to a topic that we never really talk about mm. in a conversational standpoint. Of course, Miles. It's true. You are one of the play-by-play callers for Fordham Women's Basketball. I've had my fair share of trips with them as a producer, but we've never talked, just, just talked about Should this team. <laughs> I completely agree, and I'm excited to get into it today. And, and no better time than today because they play their, their known rival, UMass. Today at 7 p.m., if you're watching on YouTube today, tune in to Spreaker, listen to our amazing broadcasters, but let's get right into it. I mean, they play tonight at 7. They're the top two offenses in the A-10, UMass being one, Fordham being two. Mm-hmm. UMass, the the accolades as far as their rankings can go on and on. They lead the A-10 in field goal percentage, turnover margin, Fordham is second in that category. And, of course, Sam Breen leads a ton of categories in her own right. But so does Anna DeWolf and Asia Dingle, Asia Dingle being first in scoring, mm-hmm. Anna DeWolf being second. Miles, you there's not a person, I think, on this planet <laughs> that knows this Fordham women's basketball team more than you. So I want to hear, what do you think the keys are to them winning the game tonight? 
Well, it's going to be a tough one. I think, you know, when UMass came into the Bronx, it was a struggle. Meg Jonathan came down with that knee injury. She won't be active tonight. So it's going to be even more of a challenge. And it's in Amherst, let alone. So, you know, tonight is going to be a, a difficult game. I think the Fordham Rams are going to have to do a lot of things right, play that near-perfect basketball that we've seen stretches of. But, you know, have they put together 40 minutes of the level they'll need to tonight? Probably not. I think it's going to take a, a special game. You know, that UMass team at home, they're one of the only teams in the A-10 that matches up with Fordham from an experience standpoint, right. right? And, you know, you touched on Sam Breen. That, that's a special player. And last time when UMass came into Fordham, Fordham absolutely locked yeah, down Sam Breen, right? Committed two defenders to her consistently, and, and it worked. And I'm interested to see, will they do the same tonight? I'd assume so. But the thing about that is UMass is almost so deep that that just sets that, that I don't know if it was it the most successful. Way. Exactly. You have Sidney Taylor, a potential WNBA player in my eyes, who can help you out. And, you know, it's gonna take a, a special team effort without Meg Jonathan to go into Amherst and come out with a win. But I'd say the the number one key tonight is is rebounding, finishing possessions, and hopefully getting a couple offensive rebounds and adding some extra possessions for yourselves. But, yeah, on the boards is the battle tonight. Absolutely. And then you look, you mentioned Meg Johnson going down in that game. They were definitely, I mean, they had to have been frazzled after that. I mean, Absolutely. it was it was, a cl- it was a close game, too. 50, mm-hmm. It was like 57-66 or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest key tonight is just spreading wealth and scoring. Because we saw in this last game, they mm-hmm. shut down Sam Breen. It opened up Mayo. But the biggest issue for that game for me when I was watching was that, you know, there were only three players who really scored and then the fourth only scored. I forget who I think it was. And DePaul it's been a problem like, throughout the year at exactly. times, at times for sure. So I think you're going to have to get that production from Anna DeWolf and Asia Dingle, mm-hmm. but you're also going to have to get that production from Sarah Carpell, from Jada DePaul. And I really think Jada is the X factor tonight. If she can get rebounds, if mm. she can turn those into buckets, specifically offensive rebounds, like you said, they've had issues rebounding this mm. season. That's no surprise. And they're going to need it tonight. So my X factor specifically for this game is Jada DePaul. If she can get those mm-hmm. rebounds and turn them into points, like I said, they they change, they flip the table a little bit. And, of course, their defense is going to have to match up to that as well because they could spread the wealth all day long. But if they can't stop Sam Breen and that mm-hmm. in, this incredible UMass roster, they yeah. have no chance. I agree. I'm glad you touched on Jada DePaul because Jada is someone who I've, you know, I've been – on the on the start Jada trades is the beginning <laughs> of the year and she's someone who really no one else on this Fordham team compares to build wise athleticism wise she she just has a different play style to be honest right she's an athletic big who can go up and and really climb the ladder for rebounds and you know finish with more aggressiveness confidence and uh I, I think Jada DePa has been an X factor for this team. We've seen it been a been a double double machine at times and yep. others she hasn't really gotten her opportunity. So tonight on the road, I think, you know, a fifth year in Jada DePa, it's you know, she's a veteran who could definitely, you know, hold her own on, on the road because I think UMass, while they don't have all that many home fans consistently, I think mm-hmm. it won't be a, a, an easy environment for Fordham, right? Because they know they're on the road in their rival's town. They, I think that UMass is always kind of circled on the calendar as the ones that w- we want to win these games. We don't really like UMass. They don't right. really like us. Uh, we, I think both teams respect 
each other, but there's definitely more of a disdain and more of a, an urgency when these two face off. And, you know, going into to Amherst can make that difficult. But jaded upon the glass is, is, is a great point. I think that we could definitely see a double-double out of her 13-13 and 13 type of stuff, but the, the Fordham Rams might need it. Absolutely. And then also, I think Jada Dupas' presence in the paint really complements Caitlin Downey's game really well. Mm-hmm. Because while Caitlin Downey is technically a post player, we see her more so on the on the three-point line making shots, and, and deservedly so. I mean, she's incredible from three-point. Most of her points typically come from there. So, I Especially think, as a late. She just yeah. seems like she's just gotten all of her usage this month yeah. from, from beyond the three-point line. So if, if they can really gel together in that way, I think you'll see a much closer game tonight and potentially a win. So that is going to do it. It should be a good one tonight. Fordham at UMass tonight at 7 p.m. But that is going to do it from us. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Until next time, Julia Moss signing off with Miles Grossman. All In is a production of WFUV Sports. <laughs>